Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. Tegan straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. We are still riding that train, ladies and gentlemen. We are three and one. We're riding that train and it's about to penetrate deeply into the... Um, not sure where this metaphor is going. Shut up, Nathan. Um, uh, into the tunnel of darkness, basically. Let's hope we come out of it the other side because we've got some really tricky games coming up uh, in the very near future. But... In today's show, uh, we thought we'd just take a look back on the first quarter of the 2021 season. Obviously, it's gone pretty well for the Bengals. Not often we can say that, but it has been going pretty well. And so we thought we'd take a look back, evaluate where we are, and take a look forward to uh, forthcoming weeks. But of course, to do that with me, I need someone to talk to. And that person is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. How you doing, my son? The Bengals 3-1. and one. What a beautiful start to the season. I don't think many people would have had us down for that um, when the season kicked off. So full credit to the Bengals. Um, and I, I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather break it down with than you, my son. Well, that's very sweet of you, Nathan. I mean, look at us, all of us, just riding this wave of goodwill and and uh, optimism and fun and jollity and happiness. Isn't that lovely? It absolutely is. And I mean, I wonder how long it'll last for, you know. It was uh, not always easy at times, was it, uh, finishing the Jags off, but they found a way. Yes. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, words have been spoken and written about that 27-24 victory over the Jaguars and Jaguars on um, Thursday Night Football. What a game. Apparently, it broke viewing records for Thursday Night Football. It was the highest rated Thursday Night Football game since 2018 or something so you know what a draw the Bengals are at the moment and uh and oh goodness me they really put us through the mill yet again didn't they I mean and it was a cracking game again objectively speaking up down toe to toe end to end lots of great plays squeaky bomb finish all sorts going on in that game Nathan Oh, absolutely. I mean, when the Jags still were down there on fourth and one, 14 nil up, I mean, I was looking at that thinking, if they punch this in here and go 21 up, I'm not sure there's a way back for us, to be honest. And if mm. there was, it would have been a hell of a um, comeback. I can't, can't remember when the Bengals have last overturned a three-touchdown deficit. So, really, when you were looking at that, and they were running the ball quite well. So, between Robinson and Lawrence himself taking a lot of the snaps, I mean, they really were... Um, you know, maybe a yard or so from just canning the Bengals there and it being a very different outcome. So full credit to to us for just gut, like gutting it and digging in there. And I think sometimes that's a sign of a good team when you can win games ugly and battle through some of these um, poor sequences of play. But it, it was certainly, um, I mean, the Boo Birds were, were out at one point. It really was going the wrong direction. But full credit um, to Zach Taylor, the team, certainly Joe Boy. I think the geezer's got so much swagger about him. He just, he doesn't know when he's beaten. And I think full credit to him coming out in that second half with, with bollocks on fire, just ready to take him <laughs> on, you know. I didn't see any fire hazards there uh, in his trousers, to be fair. But I, I agree. I mean... Those two play, those two sequences of plays either side of halftime were absolutely crucial, weren't they? The stop on fourth down, Logan Wilson and Larry Ogunjobi, two of the big hits from uh, this year so far, made the stop, and then more or less the first play uh, of the second half, um, Joe Boy lofted it down the sideline to Jamar Chase, and then suddenly it was like, oh, hello, get the momentum. Suddenly, yes, we're 14 That was an absolute supercharge, that was that play, wasn't it? That was the play, I think, that just got the fat of the crowd into the game, and it really, 
I think the Bengals took it from there on. Such a momentum shift when you can knock a deep ball like that. And I think that's something the Bengals really lacked last season and previous seasons is an effective deep ball. And Jamar Chase has just come in and he's on the receiving end of of all of them, the geezer. So just a matter they just change games so quickly in one hit that the momentum, the amount of yards you pick up, it silences the crowd or it gets the crowd involved, depending on where you're playing home or away. So huge play for the Bengals, that one. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. And then, of course, CJ. It suddenly became the CJ uh, Uzama show. Two touchdowns and then that absolutely crucial third down catch on that jailbreak screen to set up the field goal as time expired. Great game from our pal CJ Uzo. Oh, absolutely. And we, we said, didn't we, the last couple of weeks, where has he been? You know, where are these tight ends, him and Drew Sample? I mean, CJ got his big extension. You want to see more from him. He was obviously a bit involved before his Achilles injury. And you're wondering, you know, how is it? How is he feeling? Is he right? And he, he bloody well turned up, didn't he? I mean, what an absolutely fantastic performance there. Just took the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, full credit to him and I hope we see more of him in the passing game as we move forward because he's a big geese I mean you see him getting interviewed after the game his arms are the size of my legs you know he's a really big threat <laughs> downfield and I'd love to see him use more so yeah f- full credit to the geezer and they have been lining him up as a fullback in the backfield in sort of eye formations just offset eye yeah. formations as well which has been kind of quite interesting um, but yeah he, he came to the party as they say, and he bought he bought gifts, didn't he? He bought a lot of gifts on Thursday, and that was fantastic uh, to see. Uh, but it wasn't all plain sailing, was it? I mean, the Jags came out with a brilliant game plan and, and executed it so well. I, I mean, sometimes you have to take your hat off to uh, the opposition, and the Jags might be languishing at sort of 0-4 or whatever they are, but they came out and played really well, and Trevor Lawrence looks like a player that's going to, do good things in this league going forward, I think. There was one throw and catch, I think it was to Jamal Agnew on the sideline, that was just like, whoa, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Take your hat off to the to both the throw and the catch there. But, um, yeah, as they say, we found a way to win. Now, well, what did what did it change? What changed, I think? We ran the ball better the second half, didn't we? I mean, there was nothing much in the run game in the first half and then Joe Boy just kind of took over and there's that little clip that mic'd up clip that uh, has been doing the rounds he's going just put the ball in my hand you can't zero me uh, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff which is what I often say on a, on, a, on an evening out as well um, but it's just like it's interesting especially that zero blitz stuff that's I think they, they mentioned Baltimore in the interviews quite a lot and I do think they're they're sort of zeroing in on the divisional games and certainly Baltimore because they were kind of completely flummoxed by Wink Martindale's sort of exotic blitz packages last year and the year before, actually, not to mention uh, Lamar Jackson's running. But I do think, uh, I mean, we'll obviously talk about the Baltimore game because that's coming up in maybe three weeks' time, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. Um but that's going to be an absolutely crucial game. And I do wonder whether they've sort of learnt some lessons from that those encounters from last year when we, I mean, let's face it, we got absolutely battered by Baltimore twice last year. Yeah, there's going to be an interesting game. And the division's getting tight now because obviously we're starting to pull away from the Steelers who don't look very good at all. The Browns look pretty solid. Um, the Ravens, obviously, they're sort of experienced, been there, done that. They're probably the best team on paper. And I think certainly they'll be the favourite for the division. But you can't rule us out. And I think with having Joe Boy on board, I mean, all the media are absolutely gushing about the geezer and talking about him and putting him on all these crazy stats. And everyone's saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. And he is. And he's playing fantastically well. And I think he has a unique ability where he can play well when you need him to play well. Like He can step up in big moments in games. And I think he did exactly that again the Jags just turned it on the heat when it mattered it wasn't brilliant at the start it was, I don't think we played that well I really don't I don't think the Jags are very good they've got a rookie quarterback they they lost DJ Chark at the start of that game who's one of their top receiving threats and they're 0-4 they'll, like you said I think they'll be okay I think Lawrence is going to have a good career he's just finding his feet but I don't think the Jags by any means are that good of a team I don't think we played that well but I think it's just a case of being able to grind those games out and actually come away with a win. Because, like I said, that fourth down conversion, they get that in for a touchdown. We go down 21 nothing, And I think we walk away with a loss there. And we're all sort of looking at that after four games saying, well, I don't really know what to make of um, 
that quarter of a season, you know, losing to the Jags at home and losing against the Bears who look really, you know, not particularly fantastic um, as well, but then getting a win against the Vikings and obviously the Steelers, which are two good wins. So I think going in and getting that win, getting to three and one, you look at that and I, th- I think ev- just about every single fan would have taken three and one um, after four games and, and full credit to us. But I, I don't think by any means it was our best performance. No, but... And the the big thing, or one of the big things, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Over the past couple of years, we've only found one or two big things to to kind of talk about um, in terms of good things, you know. And and now we've got lots of good things to talk about, you know. Uh, and one of them is is Joe Burrow, and obviously um, a lot of talk was spoken. Uh, before the season about whether he was ready to come back, uh, whether he'd be back at full fitness. And after the Bears game, I think we debated the fact that, you know, he wasn't scrambling as much out the pocket or extending plays. Maybe that's something that's on his mind. He came out and kind of virtually said that, didn't he, in the press conference after the after the Bears. Um, but the first two games versus the last two games are just like an incredible stark uh, difference in terms of, play I think no interception no did he have an interception against the Steelers yes as a tip ball wasn't it um but certainly his 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 kind of ratings I just want to give you a stat um after four games he leads the AFC North with 72.9 completion percentage and a 113.8 quarterback rating um and it's not even close. Next, uh, it's second is is Baker Mayfield from the Clevelands. Uh, he's got an eighty nine point seven rating. Then it comes Lamar eighty nine point three, and then languishing right at the bottom is uh, Ben Roethlisberger with seventy eight point nine. Shame! It's a great shame that isn't it? I mean, it is a great, great shame. Um, and it's not just the offense, of course. Uh, that's playing well and certainly uh, Joe Boy playing well it's the defense as well and I know that they had a few issues against the Jaguars in the first half um, but if you just look at this uh, linebacker um, improvement you know um, Logan Wilson this is according to Andrew Russell uh, at PFF underscore Andrew R I, I recommend you give him a, a follow he's really good Logan Wilson is 8th overall in the league. Jermaine Pratt, 16th overall. uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither, 20th overall. Uh, So that means three linebackers in the top 25 of linebackers in the NFL. Uh, 2020, they were ranked 29th in the league. And now, they're third. I mean, we wanted an improvement. And according to PFF, they've really given it to us, haven't they? 100%. And I think most people, including myself, that was the position of worry going into uh, the season. You looked at them, they seemed inexperienced. They're not like people like Pratt hadn't really shown um, what he had. Obviously, Logan Wilson missed the end of last year. And um, I think people were nervous and they weren't sure exactly what we were getting out of these guys. And through four games, they played well. I don't think their best game was against the Jags. I think we gave up three rushing touchdowns. We didn't manage to get any sort of turnover. Or I think there's only one sack. So it wasn't their best game, but certainly through four games, looking at the collective um, as the unit as a whole, I mean, they've been excellent. They've been really, really good. I mean, Logan Wilson's been an absolute playmaker and he, he really looks like we've got a player on our hands there. And if he can carry on in the way he's been playing, Playing. I think he's certainly got a, a look at the Pro Bowl at least. But um, yeah, it's exciting. And it's exciting because they're a young unit. If they can progress and get even better and build up that chemistry of playing together, I think we've got a strong unit on our hands. And I, 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 like I said, I don't think many people would have really expected that going into the season. There was a lot of calls for that we need to go out and get a veteran, we need to go out and make a trade, and we need to do whatever else. And fair play to the staff and the players for. Um, proving us wrong there because certainly at the moment anyway um, the unit looks very strong I'd be concerned if we were, we got an injury or two because I'd say there's not much behind those guys you yeah. know God forbid if Logan Wilson was to get hurt or um, Akeem Davis Gaith or any of them I, I think you really would all of a sudden the, the standard would drop off fairly drastically but certainly um, the saying? first team guys you've got Jordan Evans to come in <laughs> Uh, that's what I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think this uh, certainly been a highlight of the season so far, and an unexpected one at that. 
Bengals' defensive line is currently 8th in the league, according to PFF. Uh, stout against the run. Uh, pretty good against the pass with the pass rush as well. I mean, and that and that also helps with the linebacking crew. If you've suddenly got a, a defensive line that's putting pressure on the quarterback, that makes a hell of a difference, and that makes a difference for the secondary as well, who've also been playing quite well, I think. Um, Cheeto was out. Trey Waynes was in. He did let... A, one deep pass uh, that kind of turned them around a little bit, didn't it? But it it, it was good to see Trey back out on the field and hopefully uh, for the Packers game we'll both get uh, Cheeto and Trey uh, out there. That would be something, wouldn't it? Um, so the question is, well, let's just, before we sort of take stock a little bit more, we are we don't have a guest today, unfortunately. We, I thought we may have one, but we don't. Um, um, however, we will be playing a couple of games in uh in a little while and then of course we'll get to your correspondences we'll have the parish notice board some exciting news about my knee as well so that's uh that's, that's the only reason i'm on the podcast that's what i mean that's what people mate. that's only the only reason that people tune in these days i think um but let's go back to it uh, where are we nathan as a as a species as a civilization um no not really as a as a team um three and one it's it's kind of easy to get carried away. Should we be getting carried away here? We've got some tough guys, Green Bay, Baltimore, Browns coming up, Raiders, Denver are tricky in their own backyard. This although the the Ravens actually battered them. Well not they didn't batter them, but um in the end they sort of beat them quite handily. Um You know, we've got some tough games coming up. Um however do you think 3-1 is something to get excited about? Should we be getting excited or should we just sort of chill for a little while? I think we should be excited. Why not? Um, it's been hard being a Bengals fan the last couple of years. There's not been much to be excited about. I think we should be excited. I think we've done extremely well to get to 3-1. and one. The Vikings, I think, are a good team. I think they're very unlucky to be 1-3. and three. I think that was a really good win from us. Um, I think the Steelers on the road always a good win. Doesn't matter how badly they're playing, they're a bit banged up. I think that's an excellent win. And I think the Jags in prime time, not a great win, but it was a situational win where it was tough. We could easily have lost that. We didn't. And a hundred percent going into the season, everyone would have taken three and one. It's a strong position to be in. We said at the start of the season, look, we've got to win some games early because the last nine games. You've got to play the Browns twice. You've got to play the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Niners, um, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Steelers. Now, there's not an easy win in there of any of them. They're all going to be competitive teams, um, either divisional games or teams at the moment that are in record. So we need to try and, with the next four games, you've got to play Detroit, and we'll all be down at the Brewhouse for that. And that's going to be one that's definitely winnable for us. And we've got to play the Jets. Now, they're two games we've got to win. And I think if you can get to the halfway point and just even split the next four, go two and two, we can get to five and three. I think all of a sudden then the halfway mark, you can take stock and say, look, we only need to win four more games here to get to nine wins, be above 500. And you can have a shot at the playoffs now, especially considering that three teams get through as the wild card rather than two. And I think that's what we've got to be aiming for. We've had a lot of high draft. We've spent a lot of money in free agency. Zach Taylor's on his third year. I don't think that the aim for this team should be, well, if we can get six or seven wins. I think it's got to be, you want to be competing for the playoffs, especially with the new format where three teams can get in. And I think we played well. We've shown something. It's going to be harder down the stretch. But up until now, the big thing we've got an advantage for us, we've stayed healthy and we haven't managed that for a mm, long time. Yeah. And at the moment, the team's looking healthy. Joe Boy's only going to get better. You know, that knee's only hopefully going to get stronger. He's only going to get more comfortable playing and building that chemistry. A lot of the new guys are the same and winning breeds winning. The guys are going to be happy. Chemistry's going to go up. Spirits are going to be up. You can see him in the locker room after the game. Joe Boy giving a speech. You can see the command he's got at that locker room. Zach Taylor looks like a happy happy man and I think after two years of um, people slagging him off on Facebook live and tweeting about him and everything else and then obviously you know and then a lot of that's deserved that criticism but I think for him to get some wins under his belt and get that sort of distraction off and just so he can focus on um, getting the team right that's going to be big for him as well and his confidence as a head coach calling plays in tight situations so 
I think we should be getting excited, but I, there is a long way to go, and we don't want to get carried away with Jamar Chase being, you know, an all-pro and Burrow's the best quarterback since Dan Marino. All this sort of chat that's out there. We just need to take it one step at a time, get to the halfway stage, and then I think we have a look and see what's reasonable. But I do think we should be aiming for the playoffs. I think that should be the aim to get at least nine wins and see if we can get our nut in. Yeah, I'm in two minds, really. Um, I'd prefer to answer this question after we played the Ravens. Um, you're right, Detroit is a winnable game, but they do show a bit of fight down the stretch. They almost did another comeback yesterday after being behind. Um, but we should beat Detroit, even if it's on the road. Next week's going to be really interesting uh, against, you know, arguably one of the, well, not arguably, but easily one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever lived you know they've got a they've got a great team, and then we play the Ravens. I think after after yep. uh, the Lions. So those are the two big games. Um, I think, and if we can somehow, I don't know. Imagine if we beat the Packers again, like we did in twenty fourteen, that crazy balls out, balls out game. Um, <laughs> um, We're going to be underdogs really in all three of those games. I would imagine. I don't, know, I don't know about Detroit. I think we'd be favourites for Detroit. We're you? away against the Lions, though, aren't we? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe that'd be about 50-50. But I, I, like you said, the Lions should have beaten the Ravens. There was that questionable yes, um, yeah. delay a game on the, the Ravens. And obviously they get beat by a you know once-in-a-lifetime 66-yard field goal. So they're definitely talented. I don't think they're as bad as people are making out. And I think that's going to be a, a tricky game for us, especially on the road. So... That's not one that I would bank by any means, but there are going to be three difficult games coming up, and certainly the Packers will be a good barometer of where we are because they were shocking in the preseason. The Packers, they're zero three in the uh, preseason. Yeah, they got yeah. absolutely spanked in that first game against the Saints, and I think everyone thought, "Well, what's going on here? You know, this is Aaron Rodgers, and they've looked so good for all these years. Is it his contract? Does he want want to play X, Y, and Z?" And then since then, they've been. Very, very strong. They took hold and beat the Steelers up yesterday, and they've won a couple of other good games. So that's going to be a very interesting one, like you said, as to where we are. Mm. Um, and I mean, God, imagine if we go four and one. I mean, four and one people are going to be people are going to be dreaming, my son. Absolutely, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals Packers games is, is on Sky this weekend, um, which is a bit of a bummer. But anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? What what, what, what is really? I mean, again, you know, we spoke about it last week. A lot of things needed to go right on this team for it to play well, and a lot of them have. But what was the one big thing that surprised you, or kind of you've been really impressed with? I think not that it's necessarily surprised me so much, but Joe Boy's knee and how he's been able to come in and play at such a high level so quickly has been extremely impressive. I can sit there and wax lyrical about the defence. I think they've been excellent. I think they've been probably the biggest surprise, but this team goes as far as Joe Boy takes us and he's been excellent. And I don't think he's a hundred percent yet. I still think that knee's bothering him. You look at his rushing yards this season in four games, it's about 16, 16 yards on the ground last year, even in an, 10 games he had about 340 yards I believe rushing uh, um, he's not running anywhere near as much as he as he used to be he's not as mobile I don't think because that knee whether that's by design or because he just doesn't fancy um, running the ball but he's been fantastic and it's hard with this team because you there's been a lot of pressure on Zach Taylor and I think that Joe Boy, if he stays healthy and you, we look after him for the next 5, 10, 15 years, he's going to be one hell of a quarterback, if not a perennial top 10 quarterback. And it's going to be, for someone like Zach Taylor, you're sat there and you're thinking, quite and I lucky here, because the, the guy can just take over games, he can bring you back from the dead, he can command, he can lead the team, and he's exactly the guy you want. And I think when you've got a quarterback who's that strong and has come back that quickly from an injury and come back, got his team to 3-1, and one, and as you said, is leading the AFC North in passer rating with an outrageous score of over 110 you look at that and you say cool for a guy who's not even played 16 nfl games yet that's extremely extremely impressive and for me that was my biggest worry is can he come back can he play at that level that we know he can play at and that he showed in college and for me he absolutely has done and i think he can still get better than this so that for me is like i said that's as far as this team goes is through him and 
for me, it's so, so, so exciting and pleasing to see him playing at that level. Absolutely. I think for me, it's the defensive line. Um, uh, I've been really impressed with Hendrickson, been really impressed with uh, Ogan Joby. Reader is quietly just doing his business. He's still playing to a very high level. Uh, BJ Hill looks like a good player. And as we said last week, you know, the benefits of playing next to players who, who are a constant menace makes Sam Hubbard a better player as well. And um, so that's been a pleasant surprise. And uh, I think Chido Uje has been pretty much terrific. Um, and there were a lot of questions about uh, letting William Jackson go and Chido not being... Chido! Uh, being a an adequate replacement, uh, but I think he's played really, really well. And if you look at William Jackson, he's not playing so well in Washington. So again, I think you know the team perhaps have come out on top of that uh, transaction. You know, well not transaction, but that piece of business. You know, uh, I think it's I think it's definitely the best business the Bengals have done in the off season, probably in the 10, 15 years I've been a fan. There's actually yeah. players like Cheeto um, and obviously Mike Hilton that's come in. Yeah, Hendrickson's yeah. been a good sign-in. People that have actually contributed and come in and done a job. And in the past, I don't think we can really say... The, I mean, you look at Trey Waynes. He came in last season, didn't play um, didn't play a snap. DJ Reader last year got injured. You can go back and list the Bengals' free agents of the past, guys that have sort of scrapped on to the roster, maybe done a bit of a job for a year or two as a sort of serviceable vet, but nothing special like your Preston Browns of the world and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. I actually think in Mike Hilton and Cheeto and Hendrickson, these are guys that are starters. They're quality players. They're good characters mm-hmm. in the locker room, and they've really added something to that defence. And it's it's exciting now to get Wayne's back to have Reader playing at his um, his best. That defence, we've tooled it up. We spent some money on it, and I think finally. The Bengals are seeing the the benefit of actually going out there and making some of these um, splashy moves in free agency. So full credit. And of course, we're talking special teams as well. One one thing I'd like to see improved is the return game. And uh, uh, Darius Phillips doesn't look very good in that role. Brandon Wilson's been a bit non consequential this year, shall we say? Um, but you can't. I mean, Huber's having another great year, and Evan McPherson. And I think we, you know. Just looking at, I, mean, I think I want you to say it now because you tweeted out something really interesting about Randy Bullock uh, at the weekend, and of course he missed a game tying field goal in overtime against the Jets to give the Jets the first uh, win. Of course, uh, Randy Two Calves is playing uh, for Tennessee at the moment, and you, what did you tweet, Nathan? Well, I just with Bullock. He's, I feel bad for Bullock because he gets a lot of shit and it's all fat Randy and all that bollocks. But he's a good kicker. He just hasn't got the bollocks when it matters. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's the that's what you've got to have as a kicker. You know, look at someone like Justin Tucker when he when it matters to you know win your team a game. The difference between a win or a loss in the NFL is only 17 games in a year or 16 games in previous years. And you've got someone like Justin Tucker or whoever it might be with the game on the line and the geezer can bang them from 66 or however far it might be when the game's on the line. That costs you literally a win or a loss. So you look at Minnesota the week before, that geezer um, that just pushed it wide from about 30-odd yards to to win them the game and that cost them, you know, when they've probably deserved to win that. And that's the thing with Randy. He makes all his field goals in the in the game for Tennessee at the weekend, some in the 40s. He was 3-3, three of three, I believe. 49 yarders to tie the game or to win the game, I believe. And he and he misses it. And you just think, oh, God, you know, like if you're a Titans fan, he can make all of them you want during the game. But if it comes down to when the game's on the line, that's when you've got to be at your best and you've got to be calm. And you look at Evan McPherson, he's been here for four weeks, the geezer. He's kicked, kicked two game winners. Now, I know he missed one during the game. Um, but he comes back, he makes that one under pressure at home on primetime football. He'll know that his big audience and the whole world are watching. He misses that and we go on and um, lose the game in overtime or whatever else. And all of a sudden it's like, well, hang on, he's just missed two field goals there. He's lost us the game. It's on primetime TV. It's going to be in his head, but he didn't happen. He nailed it straight down the middle. Fair play to the geezer. We move on with three and one. 
Absolutely. Right, we'll talk more uh, about uh, where we are in the season when we get to our correspondence. But let's have some fun. We haven't got a guest today. We've got no game to really talk about. Uh, we're going to play uh, a game, Nathan. You and I like to play our games, uh, sordid. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, our games. <laughs> are you ready for a game, Nathan? I absolutely am, my son. Go on. It's time for Bengaldy Blank. Bengaldy Blank. Bengal D blank. Bengal D blank. Bengal D blank. Bengal D blank. No, it's not Larry Grayson. It's me, Paul Hirons. Hello. Welcome to Bengal D blank. And joining me this week is uh, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hi. Hello, Paul. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, um, he's supposed to make a joke, but you know. Blankety blank, or the match game, as I think it was called in America, for our American listeners. There's already comedians, so you know, let's, let's you know, jokes, Nathan, jokes. Um, so you know, you know how to play this, right? Well, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever listened or watched it before. <laughs> but you gave me some instructions before the podcast. So I'll Mate, do my best. you are a cultural hinterland. I have to say, you need to need to get into these shows from the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, the the deal is, I will recite to you a phrase, and one of the words is missing, and I'll say blank uh, when that word is uh, is missing, and you have to guess what that word is, right? Go on, then. Go on and then. it has to match what I have on my piece of paper here, okay? And if it cool. matches, it wins, okay? So I've got. Am I playing, am I playing for a car? What am I playing for? You're playing for a, a Bengaldi blank. No, hold on. Was it? Yeah, Bengaldi blank checkbook and pen. That's what it was famous for in the nineteen eighties. A checkbook, a silver, a silver coated checkbook and pen was de- quite nice. Was deemed to be the height of luxury. So um, I'll just buy you a beer if you win. Basically, uh, right? Let's play. Ben Roethlisberger is so bad he can't hit a blank door from ten paces. Barn. Quick, that was quick, and I'll give you that one because I've got barn on my uh, on my uh, piece of paper. So one to you. <laughs> Professor Zach Taylor started work at the Cincinnati Institute for Microbiology this week. He told reporters that he was having trouble with his petri dishes and couldn't grow the right blank. You can think about this. Um... <laughs> This outrageous. I told you, it's, it's, it's a quality game. You need to start watching it, mate. You need to start watching it. Uh, tell me when you're ready to answer that one. Uh, Professor Zach Taylor started work at the Cincinnati Institute for Microbiology this week. Uh, he told reporters that he was having trouble with his Petri dishes and couldn't grow the right blank. Game plan. <laughs> no, it's culture. What does Zach Taylor keep oh, banging on about? Culture. That's culture, clever, that's culture. clever. That's clever from a young man like yourself. One all, one all. Jamar Chase went shopping in Kroger for a six-pack of Italiano Lagarini at the weekend. When Joe Burrow threw him the pack down the aisle, he blanked it. What do you Dropped think? Dropped it. Oh, I've got it. I've got caught one-handed, Nathan. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, isn't it? I just, I thought you were going for a. That's you what, for a tra- it was a trap question. It was a trap you lured question. Me in. I lured you in. You lured me in and spat me out. To, anyway, moving on quickly on from that. <laughs> After his MVP performance on Thursday Night Football, CJ Uzama went to the theatre to celebrate. He came out unimpressed, saying, "Bloody actors." Always creating a blank. Can you repeat the question, my son? <laughs> After his MVP performance on Thursday Night Football, CJ Uzama went to the theatre to celebrate. He came out and impressed, saying, Bloody actors, always creating a blank. Now, there's a bit of wordplay going on here. Um, what do actors do? What do you have a go at someone for saying when they're always creating a blank, you know, actors? A drama? Almost. Almost. A scene. A scene. Always creating a scene. Uh, I got that joke from, uh, it was a joke, believe it or not, from uh, badjokes.com. No, it was at badjokes on Twitter. Here's another one. 
So you're losing three <laughs> one at the moment, Nathan. You need to step okay, Ben Roethlisberger explained the latest Steelers defeat away by saying he fell into a vat of lemon juice before the game. Reports say the result left him very blank. Bitter. Oh, he's got it. 3-2. Great show. Go on then. Go on then. Right. Farmer Brown, he had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had a blank. Bit tricky, this one. But, you know, what 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 do we always ask Mike Brown? The goat. To... Oh, you've got a... I was giving you a clue there, man, and you, you stole in a goat. Yeah. And that's quite clever. Why well, it was that like a burrow reference? Do you think Ooh. he's got Joe Boy, Farmer Brown, and he's on his farm? Well, it's got to be the right answer. That if it's not, I'm going to be a pool. Right, I'll give you that one just because the spirit, because you're back to three three. But my answer was practice field. You see, you see, uh, you see. Look, you taking a shot. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Um, it's but, Collier, it's Pat, you're Pat McAfee in disguise, telling you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> McAfee loves a little dig about a practice field. It's like constant. He's a nutter, McAfee. I can't work out if I like him or not. I know. I don't like him. Um, right, final question. It all rides on this. Baker Mayfield can suck my blank. <laughs> Dick. Sorry, say that again? Dick. It's correct. It was a, a dick. So... Just to end on a bit of blue there. Bit of blue yeah, for the dads go, there. Bit enough. of blue, bit of blue. Um, Nathan, you win unbelievably 4-3. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that edition of Bengaldy Blank. No doubt it will never... can Probably consign to history, that one. But uh, did you enjoy that one as much as the name game and the... Uh, what else do we play? Diddy Darius? Yeah, no, I did enjoy that. I, I my favourite is what would Lou what would Lou do? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but we but we we haven't played that, and we haven't done the Bengals Wheel of Misfortune exactly, this year, which is which is fabulous, really. But yeah. I think you should got. I think you should bring back what what would Lou do if yeah, we have a good defensive performance because Lou knows what he's doing this season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, let's go to our um, parish notice board to give you some news. As Nathan suggested and mentioned earlier, uh, it is under two weeks until we meet at the Brewhouse pub upstairs in a room they call the Tap Room. And we shall be uh, celebrating and commemorating the five-year anniversary of the Bengals coming to London for the first time. Of course, they played Washington, the Washingtons, in uh, 2016 at Wembley. Can you believe that's five years ago? Uh, I can't, but it is. Uh, what tremendous fun and games we had uh, during that weekend. And uh, yes, uh, we're going to celebrate that um, by having some hijinks. And uh, also, we will be watching the um, Detroit Lions against the Cincinnati Bengals, which will be fun. Um, as I say, 5 pm kickoff, it's free to get in. Uh, the brew house is in North London. Uh, in uh, yeah, what is it? Islington. It's Islington, isn't it? So that's what. Highbury Islington station. Yeah, it's that's literally right. just off the roundabout from Highbury Islington. Dead easy to get to. You can get there on the overground. You can get there on the Victoria Line. National yeah. Rail goes in there as well. Up from up uh, up in the uh, up from Hertfordshire and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it's quite a nice, easy little venue. Yeah, and it's a great venue. And the reason why we picked it is because it's got great ventilation. We are still very mindful of the COVID situation, and we would ask you. If you are displaying any sort of COVID symptoms, uh, well, basically, please don't come because, as I say, we are mindful of putting on a, a do when there's, where there's going to be lots of people in one room. So please, if you are suffering symptoms, do not come. Uh, and perhaps you'd like to take a lateral flow test before you come as well. And even better, you'd be double vaccinated uh, as well. Uh, so that's Sunday, October the 17th. Um, Bengals versus Lions and lots of fun and games to celebrate um, the five-year anniversary. Now, uh, this week we will be back with our online tailgate at the regular time of Sunday, 4.30pm in the UK, 11.30am uh, Eastern, uh, and obviously we'll be previewing the game against the Packers. 
And finally, news about my knee, Nathan. This is what we've all been waiting for, son. What's going on? I The swelling didn't come down and it was still painful, so I thought on Saturday I'd take myself to the minor injuries unit at the hospital because basically, you know, no one's going to get any face-to-face time with GPs at the moment. And uh, I, to cut a long story short, I saw the nurse and she had a bit of a look and prod around my knee and kind of winced as I kind of extended it and kind of bent it again, you know. Uh, and she thinks that I've torn my meniscus. Unbelievable. No. Yeah. So I'm going to see a physio person next week. So that's quite pathetic, really, isn't it? I mean, I've just literally done a bit of running and walking and then running and then walking twice and it, it could be a torn meniscus can you believe it i just think you got power through it son i think you'd be all right <laughs> mate i've got a whole i still want to make the olympics i've still got a whole career ahead of me i can't afford to bugger this up i if you're like james harrison son you're you play for injuries you know you're a tough lad you know you get through to the off season i think you just <laughs> you run on it it would swell up a bit. You run on it again. I think you'd be all right, son. Well, there we go. I think... I'm going to have a look at it. Let me have a look at it. I'm going to see you at the <laughs> Doctor... brew house. What is it? About Doctor 10 days time. Let me have a look at it. I'll get there before. I'll have a little look at it. Have a prod of it. You know, I've got a bit of background in healthcare. I'll have a, have a diagnosis myself. See what it's saying. Have you really? I've got a bit of background in oh, healthcare. Oh, you have actually. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so there we go. That's that's our news segment for today. Let's, let's get to your... Um correspondences shall we matt moon at matt moon borrow so basically i i asked people the same question that we were asking ourselves in this podcast uh where are we as a team um what who has been the stars of the show so far who needs to improve uh is it okay to get a bit excited or you know have we just played average teams and this is where we kind of needed to be uh, in the season. So Matt Moon says, um, Borrow only going to become more dangerous as he gains more experience, knowledge of how NFL defences work. OL will continue to improve with reps and Chase can become more versatile to add to the early success he's already had. Um, not, we're not quite Browns level yet. Uh, need a few more comfortable wins to show progress. The Orange Arrow at the Bengal Four. Uh, this team and this fan base is in fact ruling the jungle. Who day? Goodness. Um, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. One thing struck me whilst watching the Jags game. How wonderful it is to have such a genuinely brilliant quarterback. If we can continue to, if we can continue to surround him with talent, with a bit of luck. We could really challenge in a season or two. Here you go, positivity from the. That's, an, that's an interesting point as well because you have to think that, don't you? Like, it probably ain't going to be the year this year, but certainly next year and the year after, if we can, you know, spend a bit of money in free agency again, add a piece or two either side of the ball, and then draft well again, get another guy to come in, maybe, I don't know, another lineman possibly, maybe um, shore up the defensive side on the line or a linebacker, whatever else. You had a couple of pieces to this team and you have to think next year, year after, if the coach is right, we're happy with Zach, if we really think he's the guy that can get us over the hump or whatever else, it, it is a bit quite, it is a bit exciting because there are some, there's some raw talent on this team. You mm. think Burrow, Chase, Logan Wilson, um, Hendrickson's a very good player. It's still still early on some of their contracts, you know. It, it's a very good point from the Lord. Killian Malloy really enjoyed Sunday watching Red Zone and not worrying about the Bengals. Looking ahead to next week, I have a feeling our game versus Green Bay could be the live Sky Sport NFL 6pm game. Only game with two teams with winning records who play each other. Also, watching Green Bay last night, they look very good, almost back to their regular selves from last year. If we could nick a win against them, that would be a huge statement for, to the rest of the AFC, wouldn't it? Just, goodness me. We've uh, been on Sky for about two years, have we? No, no, I don't think we have, which is good for NFL Game uh, Pass subscribers like me and lots yeah. of others outside. Uh, Gaz Proc at Gary Proctor 5 Refusing to get carried away just yet. It was only 35 minutes ago. The boos were raining down in the jungle. 
uh, Nigel Granger at fleet underscore risk. Um, from what I saw, the play action is the way to open holes in the defence. The O-line is, go- is giving Joe time. The defence are taking it away from the opposition. Let's keep doing that and we will be where I said we would be in the Super Bowl. There we go. Michael Smith at Yadar teaches Zumba. If we beat Green Bay, are we in contention for the playoffs? That's a good question. I think I sort of answered it earlier, but there's a chance. You know, when you go 4-1, and one, you've got to think, you know, if you can just keep that momentum going. But we... I think I think you absolutely are. We did this before, though, didn't we? Do you remember, the? Um, I think, was it Marvin's last season? We started off very strongly, maybe 4-1, and 5-2, and two, something like that, and then it sort of collapsed fairly quickly down the stretch. And we have got a really difficult run down the stretch, as we said earlier. But I think if you go 4-1, uh, and one, you beat someone as good as Green Bay, then absolutely, at that point, five games in, you've got to be looking at that. And I think we have to be looking at the playoffs. Like I said, I don't think it's acceptable for us to say, oh, if we win six or seven games, that'd be seen as a positive. I think we've invested enough in this squad and rosters that's had enough time and we've got some quality players that we should be trying to sneak in the playoffs i'm not saying we're going to bash people up and go to the, the super bowl and win it all like um like fleet risky sam but um i certainly think that we should be aiming for the playoffs and if you beat green bay you'd be a step closer in a very strong position at four and one 100 rob hill at three zero zero three rob Stars, Joe Boy, Lou Anarumu, Tackles, Von Bell, D-Line, McPherson and Yuzuma. Must do better. Interior O-Line, corner, uh, Zach's first quarter play call. Seeing the Chargers, Cards and Browns doing well shows that a poor team can turn it around in the NFL within a few years. Next year is our year. Uh, another comment says Rob, although watching the Steelers struggle is a joy, I don't want them to be one of the worst five teams because I don't want them to draft one of the best college quarterbacks. I want them to draft a middle of the road one and struggle on for years. Here, here, there, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. Nick Parker right. Nick Parker at Big Parks seventy one. Um he thinks everything is above expectations. Lou and the scouting ahead of the recent draft equals big plus. Chase, Evan from heaven, uh, Logan, etc. big plus. The ability to close out a game, big plus. Defensive tactics and squad depth needs work. Interesting, you know, lose out a bit of praise, but Nick's having a bit of a, mm, not sure about that. Uh, Steelers and Browns aren't as good as we are in our first for, first four games equals big plus. I'm not sure about that with the Browns, to be honest. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Um, Thursday night was marvellous, but a long time ago. So instead of discussing Bengals football, I want you both to do your best Kevin Harlan impressions. Go on, Sam. I don't have it. I've tried. Believe me, I'll try. I'm not going to do one until it's any good. But, you know, you've got to have, what was his phrase? As quick as a hiccup. And um, something about raindrops as well. What was the one about raindrops that I love? Do you remember that one? No, I can't remember that. Well, of course, there's Holy Toledo, and uh, yeah, if you haven't heard the, I mean, we played it last week, that, that bit of commentary when uh, Chase caught that uh, long touchdown from Joe Boy uh, against the Steelers, that was, again, he just has the ability to kind of put the hairs on the, on the back of your neck up, doesn't he, really? Um, Paris. And it's Joe Burrow, and he's got his man deep, and it's Chase. He has that sort of inflection, yeah, doesn't exactly, he? Exactly. Yeah. No, he's sort of like, I'm not, not. There wasn't a very good one, but it's like he, he I don't know. And he's got his man deep like that sort yeah. of. Yeah. He's an expert at just sort of intensifying his voice when it needs yeah. to be. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He goes from like zero to a hundred miles an hour with his voice in like. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Split second, it's fantastic. Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney, we're above average. Played well overall, but have had a kind schedule to start the season. Green Bay will be a litmus test game. Stars, Burrow, Mixon, Cheeto, D-line across the board, Chase, Logan Wilson and Boyd must do better. Hopkins, the right guards, the rest of the CBs and Taylor's play calling. Do you know what I think has got to step up? Go I'm gonna. I've been positive tonight, some, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna point a finger that someone I think needs to step up in the rest of the season. Go on then, Drew Sample. Okay, 
I just think he's a second round tight end um, that we drafted in 2019. You, you don't expect the geezer to be a pro bowler and tearing it up, but I, he hasn't had a catch yet in four games. And he had, he sort of took a bit of a step forward last year. I think he had about but again, I'll go back to that. Is and, that his fault though? If he's not, if his numbers not being called and if he's being asked to block primarily. Yeah, I just, th- I just think for the Bengals, if you're going to go out and draft a, a tight end in the second round, which is a, yeah, and it was the, the beginning of the second round as well, it wasn't even like a late round or anything crazy like that. I just think you've got to try and u- utilise him a bit more. It, it, it's not like he was drafted back in Marvin's era and he sort of found his way out. I mean, we had him on the podcast. He was a top bloke, a really nice guy. CJ Zama was singing his praises and he, he built some chemistry with Burrow last off-season, and he was involved last year. He had a touchdown. He had about 300-odd yards um, receiving, and it felt like he was taking a bit of a step, and maybe him and CJ could be using the like, tandem this year. But I, it just feels like for a second-round tight end, I, I, I don't want to see something from the geezer, you know? I mean, I know he can block. I know he's got the big hands, and they drafted him to do a bit of that. But I, I think you'd like to see a little bit more than we've seen through four games. Again, I would say that's not necessarily his fault. That's That's the play calling and what he's required to do um, on a weekly basis. But yes, of course, everyone wants to see uh, more from uh, their second round pick, right? So, I mean, he might be doing some invaluable nitty gritty work in the, you know, inline blocking that we can't see very well. And he might be doing his job, you know, in an exemplary fashion, but it's just not a flashy job at the moment, I don't think. And of course, Zach, Zach is not. It doesn't use tight ends that much, which is why you know, last week might might have been the week to kind of kind of fling open the doors on the tight end. Say, look, you know, you can see what uh, what the, what value they have to to the team when it comes to receiving. You know what I mean? And um, maybe I guess it depends on the on the type of opponent, but maybe they'll they'll get to catch some balls. Uh, finally, VB at Von Blade. Solid handle. Stars, Joe B, Tyler, Joe... Yeah, actually, we haven't mentioned Tyler Boyd. How great was he last week? Again. Oh, oh, he's outrageous to geese. He's so... He's your favourite player now, Can I, apart from Joe Boyd, do you think? I, I just think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. I think he's... I mean, you forget T Higgins has been out. Everybody talked about that. T Higgins is such a valuable player for us. Effectively coming into this season as the number one receiver on the team. We've not even talked about the fact that we've grinded out two wins without him even playing. And I think Tyler Boyd has just stepped up so well in his absence and just chewed up balls in the middle of the field. I think he had nine catches over 100 yards. And he's just a grinder. He's got fantastic hands. I say it every week. I I think he's brilliant, mate. I really do. He's very, very, um, very, very much into one of my favourite players. Mm. And Vonnie continues by saying, Bengals with Taylor, that's basically must do better Apple. CB core generally, Zach. I think he missed a, p- a trick by saying the Apple core, basically, right? There. <laughs> uh, but he goes on to say, Bengals with Taylor calling plays are awful. As soon as the game is out of hand and Joe B does his thing, it's okay again. We can't keep re- relying upon Joe. We need an OC it is hard. stat. Well, they've got an it's OC. It's very, they've very... Got, you know, but... Whether they're any good or not, we can debate that until the cows come home, you know. Um, but they do have an OC, and that calls plays. You know, it's not, well, you know, it's not that unusual anymore uh, throughout the NFL, I don't think. It's difficult, isn't it, with the head coach and the quarterback scenario, because it is a bit chicken and egg, because Joe Boy is unbelievable, and he's going to play at a very, very high standard and we're going to win games because he's a quality quarterback and he's surrounded with some exceptional weapons with Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, the line's better. We're going to win games. but And that's why it's hard to judge Zach in some ways because is he maximising their talent and ability? You know, what What would a Bill Belichick do here or a Bruce Arians or one of the – Pete Carroll? Like, what would they be getting out of these guys? What game plans would they be costing up? And that's why I think Zach's going to win games this year. He's going to probably get seven or eight wins at least and he'll probably be safe for another year. But I think for the for us as Bengals fans, if we want this team to, to win a Super Bowl or maybe even multiple, who knows? We've got a franchise quarterback, someone that we can be proud of that's going to be a top 10 quarterback, I think, for the next decade. You've got to grade Zach. We've got to look at it and we've got to say, look, 
Is he maximising this guy's potential? Is he getting the best out of Joe Boy? Is he getting the best out of the defence? Is he game planning well? Is he time managing well? Is he motivating these guys? You know, that's a crucial thing. And I think sometimes when you have got an elite quarterback, and maybe elite's a little bit too early for Joe Boy yet, but he's certainly getting there. Um, it can mask over poor coaching when you've just got that raw talent. And also, to be fair to the Bengals, they've certainly surrounded him with some some high-quality yeah. pieces because mm-hmm. of their high draft positions. So it's it's one to monitor for sure. And I don't think that three wins um, in a young season, I mean, we, it should certainly buy Taylor some weeks and some time, but it's certainly not all red roses there. No, I agree. But I would also argue, you know, you know, did... Tom Brady mask any uh, ill effects of uh, Josh McDaniels, you know what I mean, in, in New England? Did Drew Brees do this? I know they all won Super Bowls, but you get them, my point. If you've got a if you've got an all-world quarterback, then he's going to get you out of some scrapes, you know what I mean? That's what he's there for. Um, That's why it's hard to judge. I mean, there's the argument there with Mike McCarthy when he was uh, um, Green Bay that they should have won more Super Bowls, really, with the talent that Rodgers had and the people Mm. around him, and they couldn't do that. I mean, Rodgers, like you said, all-world quarterback, outrageous, and for him to only have won one one title in Green Bay in that time is, is slightly surprising, but... I guess that's why it's hard, isn't it? You've got, you've got, what's the, you know, who's holding who back? If you, do you know what I mean? Is, is yeah. the coach getting the best out of that person? And it can sometimes be difficult to um, ascertain that when you're winning games um, because the, the talent's there and the quarterback's one of the best in the NFL. But crucially, is that coach getting the best out of the team and um, taking an already quality player and team to be better than its sum of all parts, you know, and that's something we've got to watch with Zach Taylor. Is he making Joe Boy better um, than if we'd had Pete Carroll or if we had um, one of those elite coaches, John Harbaugh, whoever, you know, that's what we've got to question. Well, we shall soon see. Zach and the team will be uh, tested to the max this weekend against Green Bay. Thank you for all your correspondences. We are at Hooday underscore UK. Do come along if you can to the meetup in London on the 17th of October. It'll be great fun to see you and uh, be uh, great uh, to celebrate um, the five-year anniversary. Um, I think we do have a chance this weekend because Green Bay do always give you a chance. Um, I'm not saying we're going to win because they looked a bit... They've been looking a bit ominous in the last couple of weeks offensively, but defensively, I mean, the the Steelers did not trouble them in the slightest offensively, and I think we will trouble them um, defensively. You know, I think we will score points on them. So it's just a case. It might well be like another bonkers game, you know, in 2014 when it just, again, went end-to-end, toe-to-toe, and I, I, I genuinely can see that happening. It's just, I think the key is whether we can keep up with the, well, whether we our defence can limit the Green Bay offence, because you can't stop them, you just have to limit them. And then whether we can score enough points and just stay toe-to-toe with them. And then if you can do yeah. that, anything can happen. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Teams will fold if you keep standing toe-to-toe with them. So... Yeah, what do you think? Do you think we've got a chance? Definitely got a chance. I don't want to see us capitulate. I I thought we got out of jail against the Jags and we were on the verge of having a shocking game where we all just, you know, were mailing it all in and furious and all the um, the, the correspondence would have been Zach out and this mm. team's not got it, what's wrong with us? And we, we were close to that. If they, Like I said, if they'd got that fourth and one, I think we'd have been in that situation. The Boo Birds would have been out and it could all look very different. I just don't want us to collapse. Green Bay, a quality team, we're at home. Even if we lose, I want us to give a spirited performance, keep it close, like you said, limit them, but certainly have a go at them. Because I think defensively there, we can score points on them. I hope T Higgins is back. The worry for me is that Joe Mixon... Yeah, he's out, um, isn't he? Well, I think it's day-to-day. Low ankle sprain, is that isn't right? he, or something. Yeah, yeah. and I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays this week, which will, I think going from him down to Samar J.P. Ryan could be a bit of a downgrade there. 
um, or will be a bit of a downgrade there, and that's a shame. Um, Mixon certainly running. He hasn't featured much in the passing game, which is disappointing, but he's been very, very good running the ball, and he's certainly given us that that balance on offense. So I hope P. Ryan can step up. That's going to be a loss. But hopefully we get T. Higgins back. The passing game will be strong. I'm sure the boys will be, they'll be confident. The O-line certainly play better as well. So it's going to be an interesting one. And like, like a few of the um, few of the people writing in said, it's a really good test as to where we are, you know, because the Packers are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a better, one of the better teams in the league um, at the end of the season. And if we can give them a good run, like I said, we don't even have to win. If we just give them a good performance and sort of come away from that and say, cool, you know, we can compete with these, these sort of teams. That'll give me some confidence going into easier games against the Lions, the Jets, um, and others down the stretch. But we are at home, um, and I certainly think it is winnable. And if we could win it, Cole, couldn't we Could we start believing, my son? Absolutely. It should be a cracking game. So join us for our online tower gate uh, on Sunday, an hour-ish before the game. And we'll be back next Monday to chat about all of that stuff. Until then, it's a who day from me. And who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.